Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Wobcast. I'm your host, Mike Wobshaw, inside TCO Studios at Winter Park with producer Nate Vaughn. Hello, Nate. Hello, Wobby. We are ready to rock and roll with a full Wobcast that's coming to you at the conclusion of the Vikings offseason program and minicamp. And that is the news of this Wobcast, the 10 or 11 week long offseason program has concluded and it concluded with a bang, not only with a three-day veteran minicamp and an alumni barbecue that we had on Thursday that was lots of fun. We caught up with John Randall. We caught up with Randall McDaniel. We caught up with Chad Greenway. All that stuff will be on Vikings.com. But the biggest news of the week, not related to the current players and what was happening on the field, was the announcement of the Ring of Honor inductees for 2017. An awesome day, Nate, here at Winter Park on Wednesday, having Ahmad Rashad and Randy Moss in the house. Wasn't that cool? It was great to have them back. Um, Obviously, the circumstances were awesome. Just them being informed and surprised that they're going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor this year. But even just like having them out at practice and Mm -hmm. being able to talk to them. And neither guys really make it back very often, obviously. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to have both of them back at the same time and... And uh, and just a great day for them and for yeah. the Vikings. It was fun to follow Moss around the hallways, especially when he was at the hallway where all the team photos are from every year, and he was going over memories of those. So um, that's going to be really cool content that we'll have up on the website. For now, though, take a listen to Randy Moss and Ahmad Rashad speaking with reporters at Winter Park earlier in the week. On behalf of the Vikings ownership group and our entire organization, it is my privilege today to introduce two of the greatest Minnesota Vikings of all time, Randy Moss and Ahmad Rashad. Today, the Vikings, uh, we announced that Randy Moss and Ahmad will be inducted into the Vikings Ring of Honor during the 2017 season. Well, I'm kind of speechless. And, um, you know, first of all, I just want to give honor to God and uh, being able to bless me to play this sport for such a long time. And I've always said this, that if you're getting some type of mention, an award, or something positive uh, for what you've accomplished, that means you did something right in life. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm definitely thankful. I love this game, and I played with a definitely a chip on my shoulder throughout my career. Some people I rubbed wrong, some people loved it. And uh, so to, to the people that I rubbed wrong, man, you know, it's – that's just what I love to do, the game of football. It's just, I grew up loving it. I've been playing it since I was six years old. You know, the year that I mooned Green Bay was the first year I actually took off. It took me 28 years to take a, a season or a game off. So I think that when I tell you that I wore the game of football on my shoulder, uh, I really wore it on my shoulder, man. I didn't really give myself any breaks, no time off. It probably is the the biggest thing that's ever happened to me. The the most important thing that's ever happened to me. And I've won, I've won Emmy awards. I've won receiving titles. I've won all those kinds of things. But this is closer to my heart. I always say that, you know, once a Viking, always a Viking. You don't ever get out of that. And and this ownership has shown that that it is a wonderful fraternity, that we respect everybody. I mean, we we really are the North. And we take that with pride. Um, so looking at this, I don't think there's anything else in my athletic career that could top uh, being, being, winning this honor. There's just absolutely nothing else. And to go in with, 
with Randy Moss is just absolutely wonderful. I mean, I've always been a big fan of his, and sometimes you get a chance to see that you're starting to get old. When Randy tells me he watched me play when he was six, <laughs> I was only 12, but it's just funny to see that sort of thing. Uh, uh, and that's just a, it's just a wonderful feeling, and it's great for all the Minnesota people involved. So to put a wrap on this, Nate, um, Moss will, uh, will go in week one, September 11th, um, when, of course, he's um, in, in the house for ESPN because he's an analyst for ESPN um, and, and works Monday Night Football. So mm-hmm. obviously that's really the only time you could do it. Um, that's, that's when Moss will go in. And then, uh, and then Ahmad Rashad will go in uh, at some other date this season. I'm not quite sure when that's going to be for sure. But those two guys will go in this season, both fitting members of the Vikings Ring of Honor. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, another big kind of newsy item toward the end of the week is the Vikings released a training camp schedule, which um, obviously is important, especially for Nate and I, because that that basically is our living schedule uh, for, for two weeks. So, yeah. yep. um, nice to find out what we're going to be doing for the the fourteen uh, day stretch of our life um, in twenty seventeen. It all kicks off on Sunday, July twenty third. That is the early report date for Vikings training camp. Select quarterbacks, rookies. Players who have yet to accrue a season and select injured players will report on that day, Sunday, July 23rd. So that's when our training camp coverage will commence. The veterans report on Wednesday, July 26th, and that's when things will really kick into full gear. It'll be the normal schedule, morning walkthroughs, followed by press conferences, and then afternoon practices, followed by player availability. So all of you fans who have been following our coverage of training camp for the last several years, it will look the same. And then um, the night practice this year at training camp, which is held at Blakesley Stadium, which is the stadium Minnesota State University Mavericks play in, that will be Saturday night, August 5th. It's free. So mark that on your calendars. Come on down, take in a night of football under the lights, fireworks, autographs, the whole thing, uh, team introduction. They throw autographed items up into the crowd. The Vikings will break camp on Tuesday, August 8th, travel to Buffalo on Wednesday, August 9th, play the Bills on Thursday, August 10th, come back to Minnesota that night. August 11th will be a day off, and then they'll have training camp back here at Winter Park beginning August 12th. So um, those are the two big news things for the week outside of the team is Moss and Ahmad Rashad going into the Ring of Honor and then, of course, the training camp schedule release. So um, lots of fun stuff going on. Let's talk about mini camp and observations and the team, Nate. Next week, we're going to bring the writers in and kind of have a more thorough breakdown of what we saw during the offseason program and mini camp, and, and we'll really get, like go into the micro level and, and hammer on some storylines. For now, though, I thought it'd be fun before we go to the folks at Good Morning Football because they have a fun talker. Before we go to them, let's each bring up one kind of under-the-radar storyline that emerged from mini camp and the offseason program and will carry into training camp, all right? Sounds good. I'm going to go with... Um, Nick Easton. Ah, interesting. Taking first team reps right now. Yes, first team reps at center. And I think everyone assumed when the Vikings drafted Pat Elfline that it would like he's going to be the starting center, and maybe he will be. 
Uh, for now, though, it's Nick Easton, and Nick Easton is not just going to get steamrolled by Pat Elfline without putting up a fight. Nick Easton, I think, is impressing people. He's taken the first team reps at center, and I think there's a lot of things about him that the Vikings like. And I've known he's really fiery and competitive on the field, mm-hmm. um, letting the defense hear it whenever the first team offense scores a touchdown or converts a first down uh, during a third down drill. And I don't think he's doing it to be, you know be a jerk I think he's really competitive you know and he's and he knows he's going against a great defense every single day in practice Mike Zimmer's defense and he's going against Linval Joseph every single day and so when the offense accomplishes something you know he lets everyone hear about it and I like that um I like that attitude from a center so um that's kind of my under the radar uh storyline is is Nick Easton is going to put up a fight to be the starting center how about you I'm changing it from the one I told you in our uh pre-production meeting to something else? Yes. All right. I'm changing it to the defensive backfield okay, and how that plays out because uh, we obviously have a number of guys that can play there. We know that uh, a number of guys that are comfortable with Mike Zimmer's defense. But when you look at – we have Trey Waynes now mm-hmm. entering his third season. Yep. Um, we have Terrence Newman entering his 15th season. Sounds so. right. He's 39 years old. He will, yeah. He so uh, a few years older than than uh, Trey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Mackenzie Alexander, mm-hmm. who has been coming on. The reports have said he's been yeah. playing a lot better. I don't know a lot about you know what he is supposed well, to and not supposed to do. You're being modest, um, but but let's see who else do we have back there. We have the safety competition, right? Well, Harrison Smith is probably going to win his spot. I think he'll be a I, starter. Yeah, he's probably safe. Yeah. Uh, but you have J. Ron Curse. You have yep. Andrew Sandejo. You have Anthony Harris. Yeah. yeah. So you have some competition for the for the yeah. safety spot opposite of Harrison. Yeah, so, I like this. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how that kind of plays out. And and one thing we also know about Zimmer's defense is, um, well, we didn't mention Xavier, but I think we all know how we yeah. feel about Xavier too. But one thing we've we kind of know about Xavier, uh, Coach Zimmer's defense is that he's comfortable shuffling guys in and mm-hmm. out as long as they know their responsibilities yes. and can do such. It's interesting with Terrence and McKenzie and the nickel cornerback spot with Captain Munnerlyn gone via free agency to Carolina. That opens up the the starting nickel job, and I think. If you had to play a playoff game and the the game was going to come down to one snap right now, who's out there? Maybe it's Terrence, but that that's not what it is. I mean, we're going to go to training camp and then the preseason, and then we're going to practice for week one, and then we're going to play those early season games, and then the schedule is going to get tougher as we go on. So I think they're going to try and work McKenzie into being that guy, but I think with Terrence – you know, I know that you follow basketball um, like I do. Terrence is like a re- like um, a really good sixth man. Like yep. a lot of times, the sixth man is the third or fourth best player. Right. But he doesn't start because he can come in for anybody. Right. So he has more value to the team by being the super sub. And I think Terrence, because he's still really good. And because he knows Mike Zimmer's defense better than anyone else on the field, and because he's versatile, those are all great traits to have, but it almost makes him an ideal candidate to not be a starter. Right. So it's kind of weird there, right? Yeah. And it's not like his play has been degrading not as he's at gotten all. older, because last year was one of his best years he's had as a pro. Pro Football Focus put him in the top 100, had him as our highest rated corner, rated him higher than Xavier. 
Right. So you're right. And and and, and he started and he played a lot yeah. out, on the outside. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. where that how that plays out. And even if we do think we have it figured out, that probably doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, because then the first game will start and then we'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. this is how it might be. Yeah. So. You know, and I remember last year um, early in the season, Xavier didn't play. Remember, he missed the first two games. That's right. So Troy Waynes had to play. And Sealed the Green Bay win. Yes. Say what you want about Trey Waynes and penalties and getting beat, but he he intercepted Aaron Rodgers' pass late in the game to seal the win. So um, there's something, to, and, and he went on to have a, a, a good season. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for giving the young guys a chance and, and playing them, which Laquan Treadwell and Mac Alexander, our first two draft picks last year, just didn't get a lot of playing time. And um, it's just that weird balance that coaches have to draw with making a guy earn his reps but then giving a guy reps in a game so he can earn the reps, right? Yeah, it's it's right. that weird balance. So we'll get into more of that stuff next week when we have the writers in here to break down everything they saw during the offseason program. For now, uh, let's go to our friends at Good Morning Football. And I say our friends because we are friends. We're friends with Peter Schrager. We went out to L.A. and we saw him. He's on Good Morning Football. And we're friends with Nate Burleson because he's a former Viking, and we talked to him at the NFL Draft. So these are our friends at Good Morning Football, they had a great talker earlier in the week looking at the NFC North and breaking down some storylines for 2017. First, they talk about the quarterbacks. I look at the NFC North, and uh, my big storyline coming into this season is is not as um, – it's more, let's say, pressure-packed for the teams and the players, I think, because okay. I'm looking at Matthew Stafford, and he's already had – one huge contract. He's also had another huge contract. But now he's entering the final year of a $35 million contract. That, the $53 million contract, he's due to make $16 million this year. And Stafford might have had his best year as a pro last season. The Lions have not engaged really in talks with him. They asked Stafford about his contract yesterday. He says, I don't even think about it until you guys ask me about it. But like it or not, this is go time. And to me, Matt Stafford proved, I know that I got a lot of slack for saying he's going to be the MVP all season. Mm-hmm. But... He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league last yeah. year. If anything, he was in the conversation. Without CJ. Without Calvin Johnson. Right. So to me, it's what are the Lions going to do to make sure that this guy doesn't go somewhere else? Because if Matt Stafford hits the market, we're talking Kirk Cousins going to make $20 million? Yeah. What is Matt Stafford worth there? Break the bank. Break the bank again for the third time. So that's one situation. The other one's up in Minnesota with Sam Bradford because he also has been paid throughout his entire career, both by the Vikings yeah. or by the Rams and the Eagles. These are like the two guys. These Bradford are the two guys. Stafford. These are the last two You're bonus right. babies before the yeah. new yeah. CBA. They're the so number true. one overall picks. <laughs> this guy has made so much money in his career. Well, he's due to make $18 million this year. Then he's a free agent. So what do the Vikings do? What do the Lions do? And then what do these two quarterbacks do to handle that? It's not the sexiest storyline. It's not the Packers necessarily going in and what are they going to repeat? Or it's not a star player on the outside, a wide receiver. It's two players entering contract years, and this can go one of two ways. This can go Joe Flacco winning the Super Bowl MVP on Break the Bank, or this could go situation like Kirk Cousins where you had two must-win games last year at the end of the season, and you didn't win, and now we're in the same limbo that you've been in the last year. So I'm curious to see what Bradford, Stafford, and those two teams do with those contracts. Bradford just, what, five interceptions last year? He set an NFL record, completing mm-hmm. 71% of his passes. They missed the playoffs, but I'm very intrigued with the Vikings and that offense and what they're going to do, given the support with the run game that he'll wow. have to work with this year. And that's the hot topic, and you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, Bradford, Stafford. But for me, it's about the running game, and it's always been about the running game. When I played in the NFC North, even though I respected the quarterbacks I played against, I loved the quarterback that I played with, it was who had the running game and could lean on it the best. I felt like we have the best chance to win the Super Bowl. 
Now you look at Jordan Howard and what he did last year. 13-13, that's what he put down on the ground. Second in the NFL as a rookie. I don't think he gets enough respect. We don't talk about him enough. But then the other running backs, Ty Montgomery, Jared McKinnon, Theo Riddick, they combined for 1350, just 40 more yards. All three of them. Now, we know that Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers, even if he doesn't have a running game. But if he has a running game, whew, watch out. Now, you're talking about that tie possibly turning within that division, NFC North. If one of these teams can find a way to consistently lean on it, maybe it's just Chicago. Maybe it's Chicago saying, you know what? We're not going to pass the ball that much. We're going to be a team that can sure. run the ball and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions saying, Amir Abdul, Theo Riddick, we need you guys to step up, be healthy for 16 games. We need to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Maybe it's the Minnesota Vikings, Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook, who could be the best duo in football. I know they haven't proved it, but they could be. When you look at what Cook did, what he did Running coming out of college, duos, huh? and then That's with what Latavius tomorrow. Murray, how hmm. big he came in here and sat down. We thought, who is this giant yeah. tight end? No, this is a running back with power and speed. So for me, it's the running back position that could tell the story of what this division is going to be. All right, um, Stafford's going to get paid. I think that's like almost guaranteed. I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be crazy to imagine him going anywhere else. Yeah, he they're gonna he's going to get a new contract and it's well deserved. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sam's and you know what he wants and what the Vikings choose to do. That that is something that if if there hasn't been a resolution reached by the time we go to Mankato, you know you just envision that day where everyone's checking in the head coach and the and the players. Zimmer will have already checked in because he'll come in early with the rookies. Right. But that check in day for Bradford and coach, like they're they're probably going to be asked about that. Um, and so it'll just be interesting to see how that plays out throughout the season. But the more interesting one to me for now is what Nate Burleson was talking about with the running games in the NFC North because we all know this is a passing league and you need to have a good quarterback and you need to be able to score points and be explosive on offense. But So it's interesting that Nate points out the running game as something that could help turn the tide in the NFC North. If the Bears, Lions, or Vikings want to overcome the Packers, who are the defending champions, it might be uh, establishing the running game that could help. And you know, he said if the Packers get a, a really good running game, look out. And I kind of agree with that, but I kind of don't because even if they have the, the world's best running game ever, when the rubber meets the road, you're putting the ball in Aaron Rodgers' hands. Right. So it really comes down to those other three teams. They are right that Jordan Howard is probably an underrated player. Do you remember what he did to us last year? I do. I I'm, I try to forget, but I do remember. Yeah, um, two 100-yard games against uh, the Vikings defense last season for Jordan Howard. It was like 153 and a touchdown and 135 yards in two games against us. So they're right. Jordan Howard's really good. Um, but I but Nate got me excited talking about our running game. Yeah, lots of options. I mean, we're we're still yet to see what could happen with Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no reason to think you know if 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 he comes back to his form when he was playing with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have three running backs that that I'd be comfortable with. I'm not yeah. the head coach, but I mean, I think we're sitting pretty well with, with those three guys. Yeah. And you know, Murray had 11 of his 12 touchdowns. They came from inside the 10. So we struggled in short yardage situations running the ball last year. Latavius is obviously going to help with that. I think Jarek McKinnon has already proven what he can do, particularly on passing downs as a blocker and a receiver. And then of course, Delvin Cook has excited all of us who have watched him. So um, Nate Burleson said um, uh, Cook 
and Murray could be one of the better running back duos the NFL has this year. Um, you know, if the plans come to fruition, which is interesting because neither of them have played it down in For a Viking us. uniform. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I love the positivity there from former Viking Nate Burleson. But imagine though, Sam Bradford with improved pass protection and a really good running game. It's exciting. I like that for Sam Bradford. Yeah. All right. We'll see how it pans out. Should we move on to some fan mail? We should. All right. Question number one from Steve. Do the Vikings have any interest in bringing in Eric Decker back home to play for the Vikings? It would be nice to have another former Golden Gopher on the Vikings. That would be awesome having Eric Decker back here. We've talked a lot about like getting Larry Fitzgerald to come back home and how cool that would be. I think Eric Decker, you would put that in kind of that same um you know, ideal scenario. He, we could probably get a hometown discount. He's probably just begging to come here. Right? Yeah, I yeah, mean, uh, yeah. We'll play for free probably. I'm right? back home, man. Yeah. Um, so I think with a guy of his caliber, I think Eric Decker is good enough where every team would be like, would love to have that guy. Right. It's just a matter of whether you can get a salary under your cap and is signing him, you know, does signing him, it, it will help you out because he's so good, but right. will it hurt you in, in the development of younger players? I think right. you have to consider that too. So you have to weigh that. Is the improvement that he gives you so good that you're okay with uh, clomping on a younger player's development? So um, I'm sure Decker will have a lot of suitors. Um, you know, I'm sure the Tennessee Titans as a team, they'd love to have Eric Decker in there. Yeah. Uh, with a young quarterback like Mariota, they just used a high first-round pick on a receiver um, so that he could mentor that guy. So I'm sure Decker will have some suitors, um, but would love to see him here because um, he's one of us, and uh, I'm never against adding talented players. It was It's interesting. Just It was like a mini wave of free agency all over again yeah. with Jeremy Macklin and Eric Decker. I yeah. mean, those are kind of the only two names, but, but big names, you know, names that, yeah. you would normally well, think are locked into contracts with David teams. Harris, you know, got yeah. cut by the Jets True. too. We talked about right. that in the last the last Wobcast, but you know that that used to happen all the time in the NFL in the old CBA um because they for cap uh, reasons when you cut a player after June 1st, you could have a benefit. But in the new CBA, you could cut a player before June 1st but have a one-time post-June 1 designation. So now all those June cuts that used to happen, they all happen back when free, you know in March. Gotcha. Um, but, but this is what it used to be like every year is you'd have guys like this get cut because teams would bring in their young players and then mix the veterans and the young players, find out that the young players have a chance to be as good or better than the veterans, and then they would cut the veterans to save cap room and save cash. Um, but yeah, that, that that basically is what happened to Decker. I mean, the Jets have, you know, the Jets are trying to do it the right way organically and rebuild, and and so you got to respect that. But the byproduct of that is really good players like Decker on the street. Right. Question number two from Mark in St. Louis Park. With all signs pointing to Sam Bradford being the starting quarterback this season, where is Teddy now, in your opinion? And do you see him moving up to the number two spot? this season or anytime soon yeah I mean Teddy's rehabbing so we're all excited watching him drop back and throw passes and all that but I think we have to remember that he still has a ways to go in his rehab and the Vikings signed Case Keenum knowing that and knowing that Case has the ability to be a good backup now they're not giving up on Taylor Heineke by any stretch I mean Taylor um, even took some some reps with the second team but um, I, I think we need to be optimistic and encouraged from what we've seen 
out of Teddy and his rehab, but we can't put the cart before the horse and envision him playing for us, you know, in the near future. He he still has a ways to go. So I don't want to talk out of turn there and talking about a guy's rehab and, and medically. I'm just trying to kind of regurgitate what Zimmer and Spielman have said. Um, I think they're optimistic about Teddy, but they've also acknowledged that he still has a long ways to go. Is that a fair way to put it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And we've talked about it in the f- probably 10 Wobcasts before this. Yeah. Because uh, it is a big talking point yeah. and it is the offseason. Right. So question number three, consider this scenario. Big game, late fourth quarter, Vikings down by six. Well, I don't know why that would be a scenario. Yeah. But what? Were we'll, we taking we'll play naps? Along. Were we taking naps early <laughs> in the game? And we... Big game, late fourth quarter, Vikings down by six with third and goal from the one. With what you know about the Vikings now, what is the call, run or pass, and who gets the ball? Wow. Love this question. question from William. I love this question. Now, I don't I don't want to get nitpicky, but it depends on a couple of things. Literally how much time is left. Yeah. And do we have a timeout? True. Because if we have a timeout, I'm running the ball on third down with Latavius Murray behind... Reaching for the goal line, yep, as he does so yep. well. I'm running with Murray behind Boone and Reef on the left side. Okay. If we have a timeout. Right. Because if we don't make it, I'm calling a timeout, and then on fourth down, I'm passing. So we're like assuming that there's like under a minute left, right. probably. Right. Late fourth quarter, says, Right. So. Um, so that's what I'm doing on, on third down if we have time left. But if it really is a one-play thing... You got one play, and you're on the one, and you got to get in. I'm play-action passing to Latavius. I'm moving Bradford to his right, and I'm having a route combination with Rudy and Laquan, and one of those two is getting the ball thrown to them. I can see it now. It's playing out right in front of my eyes. You did yeah. a great job. Thanks. Yeah. I can, uh, yeah. And, the, and then they catch it. Obviously. And we score a touchdown, yeah, score a and touchdown. we win, and we post Zimmer's post-game lock, locker room speech on Vikings.com, <laughs> and our traffic for the week is top five in the NFL. That's, That'd be all right. I mean, it's a I'm good just, week. I'm just going to just play the whole thing out. That's how it's going. Well, and then it makes makes it for a better, more fun recording of Vikings game plan the yes, following week. Exactly. Better Wobcast. Everything's right. just everything's better when you win. Winning matters. That's true. Just win, baby. Just win all right we just wobcasted baby we just wobcasted we just off seasoned yes we did um the good news for everyone listening because if you're still listening it means you like wobcasts so thanks for that the good news is yeah we'll be back next week with another one we're going to get the writers in here we're going to break down very thoroughly things we saw in the off season program I hope you have a long car ride, a long commute, a long flight, or a big yard to mow, because it's <laughs> going to be a long wobcast next week. We're going to break down everything we saw over the offseason program. So um, we're going to let Nate rest for now. We're going to thank you for listening. Sign off. Hope everyone has a great weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. We'll talk to you next week.